Would you please uh, take your Bibles and let's look at one verse in Romans chapter 8, rather chapter 14, verse 8, Romans 14, verse 8. Would you turn there with me? I'm going to ask you to stand too, if you don't mind. I appreciate that. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Please be seated. This is not a parable. It is powerful. There's probably no other one verse in Scripture that's any more a declaration of how we're supposed to live, why we're to live that way, and the end results of it all. I really believe this ought to bring us so much peace and comfort and joy. Yes, the sovereignty of God is a soft pillar. That means God's in control of everything. What I want to try to do today, if God would help me, is to remind us, I've entitled what I want to try to say, whose, W-O-S-E, are you? Do you know whose you are? You know, that makes a difference in what direction you go and how you interpret life and the circumstances of life. How you present yourself. Whose are you? Really. Now I want us to think about why are we here? You ever thought about that? Why are we here? I mean, we're not here to earn our salvation. We're not here for some sort of a trial run that God's going to see if we're going to be good enough to get into heaven. He could take us right now, and he had some of his people real early, right on to heaven. Then, then why does he leave his people in the chaos and the warfare of this world? Why are we here? Also, when we, when we realize whose we are, I want you to look around. Do that now. Would you just look around in your seat? Look around beside you. Look in there physically. Turn your heads. Look at those people behind you. I can see you all, but you can't. I want you to know that you're looking at people that are gods. You're looking at the value of divinity. Now see, uh, this mercantile theology doesn't have much popularity in the world today because we're used to getting everything free. <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of now finding the right program. It's just getting to a place that we can claim that we're a victim. <laughs> but you're not a victim you're a valuable saint of God, and that is made so because of Christ Jesus dying for you. <laughs> what a blessing it is to know that and to appreciate that. Now, we are easy to forget. We need to be reminded whose we are, and God can do that in our way. I want to I use three key words to kind of bring this out if God would help me. And that is, number one is, to know that 
that whose we are makes the direction of our life so different. For example, the prodigal in Luke 15 wanted to be his own deal. He was going to do it his way until he realized whose he was. See, the deal is God's not going to let you have uh, all the things of this world that this flesh might want when he's redeemed you. See, the prodigal come to his senses by the grace of God. He said, wait a minute, I've got a father in heaven. And to his house, and he went. He left it all and was ready to go back as a servant. See, knowing whose you are, it's not only an attitude that we adjust our life to that ought to make you feel so doggone good about everything and about everybody and about your lot in life, but at the same time, it humbles you to the extent of, wait a minute, God, the creator of the universe, I am his and join heirs with Christ. So then if all this world doesn't work out like you want and, and this, this business deal doesn't make it or, or you fail in your health, you've got to understand that's okay to extent you, you are God's. What a blessing it is to know that. So, so I want us to try to see the, the meaningful things of, of whose we are is understanding that it does change our direction. It's a powerful plea, this verse is, that we are bought with a price. And that price is the blood of Christ. Now God could have said, yes he could, he could have said, well look, uh, I sustain you He'd be right. He could have said, I could keep you. He could have said, you know, I'm powerful in everything. I'm, I'm sorry. No, you know what God says? God didn't say, you know, learn all this, do all this, be all this. He says, you're bought. You're mine. You hear the tender voice of God calling to your heart. Have you realized who you, whose you are? It doesn't matter so much everything where we remember. You've got to realize right now whose you are because I want the Holy Spirit to be able to make up in your heart today, give your wholeness to God forever. Don't, don't do like our government did and wait till the, till the spy balloon gets all the way across the nation and gets all the data recorded to decide to shoot it now. You see, don't wait till your life just floats all around. Just before you die, you decide, well, you know, I am God. <laughs> Give me Jesus. Because what this does, secondly, the next word I want to use is duty. Because, see, what, what difference, whose you are determines what you do and why you do it. Now, now, the deal is either you're God's or you're the devil's. You hear me? One of the two. Now, you can't have God and yourself, too. <laughs> you can't. 
So we then have a duty because that duty is not a, a situation where, where we just do it to earn our good work so God will like us. No, because we're already God's. And God claims us. He says, you're mine. That's what the verse says. We're God's. Now, I know a man one time that, you know, when I was growing up, uh, most every farmer had some hogs. And they, they didn't have confinement all the time. Some had been in the fields. And I know a man real good that had some and that got out sometime. And one day one got on the highway. Ran in front of a car and the car hit and did some damage to the car. The law enforcement officer investigating the accident comes up to the, to the house where this man lived and said, wait a minute, sir, says, is that your hog? He said, man, it's not my hog. He wouldn't claim it. He was the only one around that head in him, but it wasn't his. But God, you see, he claims you. It doesn't matter. That woman that had committed adultery, God said, Jesus said, that woman's mine. Go and sin no more. Oh, Jonah said, man, you don't want me, God, to go to Nineveh. Those people are so doggone evil, I don't want to mess with them. God said, they're mine. See, God never catches any fish he doesn't clean. See, because what happens when God owns you and buys you, he cleans you. You see, that is holiness. Do not tell me that you love Jesus and God has bought you and, and paid for you and you're going to live any old way. It's going to come out. And then thirdly, the thing I want to say, not only direction and duty, but delight. If you really submit to God and you really understand the freeing of the gospel of Christ, then you'll be the freest, more delightful person you can ever be. You see, being freed from sin is the greatest joy and peace we can ever have. But being free, so to speak, to sin brings so much bondage. It has a lot to do with our attitude in life in our way. I want to do something. I don't usually get out of the pulpit. I'm not trying to be charismatic, but such a fact. Don't you have an apple? Would you give it to me? You don't have a problem with it. Because I know you told me you couldn't hear sometimes too good, but you heard that, that I wanted the apple. Okay, thank you so much. See, this apple, see, the, God's people, the Bible says the apple of his eye. Now, some of you saw me give this apple to Sister Faye, didn't you, Sister Carolyn? Some of you saw me do it today. You see, I gave this apple to Sister Faye Cameron. So when I want the apple back, Sister Faye didn't, didn't get all bent out of shape about it, did she? Now, this apple is mine because I bought this apple at Ken's IGA. And I paid for it, and, and I got what I paid for. And the only thing the lady said was, 
You want it in a bag? It doesn't matter whether it was in a bag or not. It matters that it was paid for. See, what matters in your life is that you're, you're bought by God. You're a God. And your loved ones are God's. You see, I didn't pay the person in the line behind me for the apple. God did not pay the devil for your soul. You understand that? Jesus paid for you out in the open. God says he declared him to be a propitiation for his sin. That means he's a piece of wrath. So what a blessing that is. Now, you know, I can take this apple and throw it away if I want to. I can make an apple pie or maybe a small one. But the deal is it's mine. You see, the apple today might keep the doctor away, but it does not keep God away. No, sir. So let's get back to the points before we go. Okay, look. All right, look, look at the direction of your life because of whose you are. You have value. Hey, when, when we were in the cattle business and the girls were showing animals, we, we often had animals that we couldn't really afford. And uh, every year we'd, we'd get through with one in the show circuit and we'd take it down to a guy, a friend of mine in North Georgia that has a ranch. And they would sell it in their ranch sale. You see, when that cow goes through the rain, it doesn't say this is Randy Waters' cow. It says it's parties over ranch's cow. Instead of bringing $1,000, it brought $12,000. Same cow. You get it? It matters whose you are. You are God's. It changes the direction of your life. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord. This verse also proves that when we die, we're still the Lord's. No, you can't separate yourself from God. Not even death does that. So what a blessing to rejoice in that and see that, that, that you are God's. I want you to just see that with me. If I've never said anything else to you, I want you to know whose you are and I want you to know the value that you have. And it ought to give you so much expectation because I'm going to tell you, your God means that God is going to do a lot in your life. He sure is. God doesn't get the mighty junk. Now this doesn't mean you're not going to have some problems. Isaiah 53 says you're going to walk through the fire and the river's going to overflow you, and, but you're not going to be succumbed by it all because the next verse 3 says, because you're mine. I bought you. You're more valuable than Seba in Ethiopia. 
God's people are precious in his sight. Now the context of this Romans 14.8 is really getting along with people. Being judgmental. See, our duty though, our duty is to understand that, that we're to be accountable to God. Not our culture. See, see the deal is we have a duty to acknowledge because 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says that we are, our bodies are bought with a price. In your physical body. Now he's talking about fornication there in that 1 Corinthians verse, but I'm going to tell you what. Anything you put in your body, do to your body, or on your body, you need to realize that it's not your body, that it, it's God's. It ought to make a difference whether you color your hair or not, whether you put a tattoo on your body or not, what you drink, what you eat, what kind of clothes you wear. Now, hey, guys, I'm not, I'm not being uh, just, just ritual. Bit. You are gods. And we need to act like we're gods. We need to treat other people like they're gods. Not gods to worship, but they're gods whose their ownership is. That's who owns them. You see, I can't marry two men. I can't marry two women. You know why? Because marriage is not my idea. It's God's. And he says it's between a man and a woman. See, and I'd like to be so liberal that I could say to Patrick, well, we have communion. Everybody can come. The thing is, it's not my church. It's God's church. We've got to go what Jesus says. See, I'm not going to let everybody into my garden. Are you? No, no. And it's not being judgmental. See, the, the world will be judgmental. You're so judgmental, you Christians. We're just claiming whose we are. We're God's. We have no right to be sissy with the world and, and, and flounder around, act like we've got to kiss everybody. You're God's. I'm going to tell you guys, when we keep that in mind, things change in our lives. And it's a duty, and, and we're accountable to it. And God, God, God will chasten us. Because we're His. He says He's chasing who He loves. He does. So it's our duty. Whether we live, therefore, or whether we die, we're the Lord's. Now, my last point is delight. How does that make you feel? I mean, I know we're living in the age of selfies, but you've got to understand this. We need, we need to be so thankful that we're not our own. Aren't you glad that you're not your own or not? <laughs> And you know what, I want, I want God to know that I know I'm his, don't you? You see, not long ago, I lost my wedding band. I think I did it cleaning pecans. I really do. 
But I looked down the other day. I was sitting right in the office. Penny and I was, I said, this, man, where's my wedding? I never hardly even noticed it, but I noticed it was gone. I mean, it bothered me. Still does. I mean, I'm afraid Penny's looking for any kind of excuse she can to leave me. And I, I, I know that I know that I know I'm married, but I want Penny to know I know I'm married. And you know, this this rain business is a lot like baptism. Water baptism. See, it's identification with the people that are committed to following God. Now, whose are you? I'm going to tell you what, you'll be a lot happier admitting whose you are in Christ and you will be trying to please the world or even yourself I'm going to get me another ring I will, I'd buy it myself I mean we want to say look I don't, have you been baptized I'm going to talk to you about it from God's word you know what God says Jesus said it's a commandment are you willing to understand and acknowledge whose you are or not it's not heaven or not it's are you bought or not what a delight to know that we're God's What a, what a gracious manifestation. You know, humanity, mankind are the only one that God redeemed. He didn't redeem cows and dogs and ducks and chickens. Nor even the non-elect angels. They don't know what we're talking about. They look at it in mysterious amazement. But God, by the blood of Christ, 1 Peter 1.18 says, we're bought not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. And Moses didn't pay Pharaoh to get out of bondage in Egypt. The blood was on the post. That was their exit. That was their freedom. And the blood of Jesus is the print of God's finger upon our lives that were His. So when things get kind of hectic in your life and your heart is breaking, you remember whose you are, okay? You remember that God owns you. You understand that we have a duty to acknowledge that ownership in every part of our practical lives. We have no right to walk around in our pajamas to two o'clock in the afternoon, to be lazy. We're living in a world where people, I understand, don't want to work. They don't know whose they are. They don't want to be anybody's. They don't want to answer to anybody. See, you're not really working for your boss. You're working for God. You understand that? 
See, I'm not up here trying to preach to you to impress you and make me think I'm a good preacher. I know better, but I'm here for God. You're representing who owns you. When things don't go right, just remember that everything that happens to you has to come through God. Do you get that? I didn't say it makes you feel good, but that's how it is. And when it all ends up, God will bless us with such delight. There's not a woman that is happily married in this congregation that ever regrets giving herself away in marriage. They're not. When you really come to God as the redeemed of God, bringing everything you have, good, bad, and ugly, and whatever, and say, God, I am yours. It's all yours. And by the way, this includes your time. I know you think it's time to go. But do you know what? This is not your time. It's God's. Is there any time that you don't want to be redeemed? Tell me. Uh Uh-uh. All the time. You see, God is good all the time. And we are God's all the time. Let's act like it. Rejoice in it. Bless his holy name. We ought to be the happiest people in the world. I mean even the sheer joy of suffering for Jesus' name. You know, I've known some people personally, some of you. I read about more pronounced cases like Joni Erickson Tata, who was paralyzed as a young teenage girl. She could have said, well, I got the wrong end of this deal. She could have been bitter the rest of her life. You may, you, some of you probably been to her conference. That woman's wrote books. She knows that she's God. If you know who you are, you can make it through the biggest messes in life, I promise you. But you got to realize who you are. You see, you don't flounder around trying to guess at it or be somebody you're not. You be God's. And you be all God's. It's going to be all right when you are. Would you bow with me? Dear most precious Heavenly Father, we thank you that we're yours, even though we don't act like it. We don't think like it. Forgive us, Lord, for wanting to do so many things our own way. But this is your church. The family is yours, O oh God. We have no right to mess with what's yours. This book is God's. It's holy inspired. O oh Lord, thank you for reminding us whose we are. Thank you 
and help us by your grace to go out of here and claim our inheritance. We are children of the King of kings and Lord of lords. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.